One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. It is, as you would expect, the place to be uh, for the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. We've been getting a little bit angry this morning at the ridiculous decision by the Court of Appeal uh, that despite the fact uh, that Rwanda uh, and Visit Rwanda uh, is one of the sponsors of Arsenal Football Club, despite the fact that UNHCR, the UN's own refugee agency, has sent uh, refugees to Rwanda, despite the fact that Israel and Libya and Norway and Denmark have sent people uh, people to uh, Rwanda because they were refugees. Uh, Despite all of that, um, the lefty appeal court in this country has decided, oh no, we can't send anybody to Rwanda, that would be illegal. Why? Well, because they might send them back from whence they came. They might have to go back to their original home countries because they came here illegally. No, 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 you can't be doing that. No, that would be unfair. That would breach the human rights of the illegal migrants. You complete bozos. We're going to talk to Rod Little about that and plus many other things. How about this from Steve in Formby, who says, Mike, I'm thinking of starting a new group. Just stop the migrants getting loads of rubber dinghies, sticking a hole in the bottoms, wearing them around our waist and slow walking, encircling the Houses of Parliament, blocking the exits and access until something is done. What do you think? Well, I mean, you might as well try, Steve. It might work. Apparently, the police won't arrest you for that. Uh, Or at least they'd probably find a way to do it, wouldn't they? Because they wouldn't agree uh, with your um, particular political bent because they let just the world do it because they think they're saving the planet. Let's talk to Mr Little, who I'm sure can bring some sense to the occasion. Rod, a very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you, mate. Nice now, to be here. Yeah, very nice to see you. I'm, I'm sorry to have to start, because I was going to start with your really interesting piece about Vladimir Putin and the coup. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but first, I must get your view of this uh, latest Court of Appeal nonsense, where apparently, despite all of the other countries that think that Rwanda is quite a safe place to send people, apparently we can't send them there. Yeah, well, it's Jack Cade all over again. We need to kill all the lawyers, don't we? (laughs) Which is uh, Shakespeare's answer to it. Because it always occurred to me, right from the moment that Rwanda was mooted, uh, and I must have said this a thousand times, that the lawyers wouldn't let it happen. Uh, There there is a tranche within this country who do not want us to do anything about refugees, apart from let them in. At the same time, they're the same people who do not want us to deport very, very violent criminals back to... Uh, the Caribbean, which the government was also trying to do. Yes. They're just determined to stop it, no matter what the cost. There is, there is nothing you can do. Pretty much the only country we could possibly send these people to is Denmark. Mm. Um, you, you know, it, it, it has become an absurdity. Uh, but then it always was an absurdity. And when you try to argue with these people, try to discuss the issue with them, they have no answer uh, because they don't really want an answer. Mm. They want situation to continue indefinitely and because they are devoid of uh, an IQ uh, believe that we can take in uh, as many people as wish to come here. 
Well, there are people making an awful lot of money out of it as well, to whip the uh, the people that run Circo, the people that run all the hotels that are putting them up. I mean, we could be looking at a bill of £32 million pounds, um, yeah. a day, practically. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it is utterly absurd. And, you, and the, you know, your heart sinks when you see that superannuated, overpaid old pompous bore standing up in the appeal court yeah. and uh, making a, a, a decision which which was eminently predictable. You know, I was actually surprised at the last court's decision that they allowed it to go ahead. But always there's the appeal court, always there are lawyers, always it will be stopped. Uh, And there there is pretty much nothing. Effectively, the law courts are saying to the government, there is nothing you can do about this immigration. Mm. Nothing you can... And I mean, I had an MP on earlier who said, well, we're hopeful that we'll get this uh, bill through the Houses of Parliament, which will mean that the, uh, the lawyers won't be able to interfere. But that's if we can get it past the House of Lords. It's almost as if the Parliament uh, in this country has no power. No, well, it's also been uh, the, our, our migration from being a democracy to a juristocracy uh, has, has kind of gathered pace. It started in the 80s. Uh, uh, and lawyers have been bred like lilacs out of the dead ground. Uh, there are now more lawyers per head of population than in any country in the world other than America. Yeah. Uh, That's not a good sign, is it? It's not a good sign. And we have something like 10 times the number of lawyers per head of uh, uh, than Japan, for example, which manages to get by as a as a democracy without without its recourse eternally to the courts. Everything these days is decided by lawyers. When there is a difficult issue, it is handed over to the lawyers in a public inquiry, which lasts for, uh, for seven years, yeah. costs about forty million quid, and comes to no conclusion. Uh, it, 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 we we have to somehow put a break. Uh, on this interference with our democratic system uh, by by the by the legal profession and with and the will of the people as well. I've got a good suggestion here from Pete, uh, who sent me this on Twitter. He said, "Don't worry, uh, we can send them to Wales, as the Welsh have stated that Wales is aiming to become the world's first nation of sanctuary. Our vision is of a Wales wherever people seeking sanctuary go. They are met with welcome, understanding, and a celebration of their unique contribution to Welsh life. Maybe that's the answer." <laughs> that 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 goes you see this is a problem when you write a satirical column you're out satirized by the welsh every week you You can't i mean you can't make that any funnier can you i i would have i would have resiled from writing that because i was would have thought it was too preposterous yes and patronizing well uh, i mean it's a bit like the the water companies isn't it you know you can't really make that up either you've got uh, as no, I've, been, no. I've been saying to people all week, I said, basically, you've got something that falls from the sky, which you can collect for nothing. Uh, you've got a captive audience over here who are willing to pay for that stuff that falls from the sky for nothing. But somehow you've managed to lose 15 billion quid uh, in the process. How does that work? It's remarkable. I mean, this is where you and I maybe differ in that I thought for a long time that we ought to nationalise the water companies because quite clearly... No, I'm not against that, actually. You know, well, no. it's just... Regulation simply hasn't worked, no. uh, and particularly with Thames Water, where they just uh, they were taking the mick. I think is the polite yes. way of putting it, uh, in running up debts of fourteen billion quid at the same time as paying their, uh, their shareholders dividend after dividend after dividend, and then throwing all this crap into our rivers and on mm. the beaches. I mean, it, it is an appalling way to run to run what should be a publicly owned resource. Yes. You know, 
And I, I know that nationalisation has a bad name, and rightly in many cases. I don't want to go back to the days when, you know, back in the mid-70s when t I think Thomas Cook was, was nationalised. Uh, I think even our travel agents, some of our travel agencies were nationalised. Yeah. But there is a middle way which says that things which we as a country feel, feel are important to us, such as our water, such as, I would argue, our electricity mm. and energy supplies, such as our railways, maybe, uh, are, are things which we ought to own in common. Yes, but um, we've sort of sold everything off. It was kind of Thatcher, Thatcherism on steroids, wasn't it? Everything yeah. got sold off. Like, just sell it, just sell it and, and spend the money on something else. And it hasn't worked. Yeah. It, it hasn't worked. And sell it, sell it and uh, uh, for ideological reasons, which is why the, uh, our rail network is in such a mess at the moment. Yeah. It was terribly terribly badly handled yeah. um uh, largely by john major of course yes uh, who's now treated as some kind of senior kind of diplomatic um, brain a man who um couldn't run the country terribly well couldn't even run his own cabinet with his back to basics nonsense you know they're all dropping their trousers every five minutes well couldn't run his uh, couldn't keep control of his own todger either well uh, that's so. true yeah and uh, with a rather unfortunate partner it has to be said yeah uh, yes that's right yeah he said yeah. about that the better but yeah no he's treated like some kind of elder statesman now John I know, it, is, it is utterly bizarre he is a he is a tetchy bad-tempered and very unlikable man in my opinion yes. but but there we and was an incompetent yes prime minister though he though he in fairness to him i suppose he he uh, was dealt a, a rough hand you know with uh with a majority in the end of about two, I think it was, wasn't uh, it? But, yeah. yeah, two more than he should have had. But, uh, but let's, let's go had, back yeah. to just just for a moment because I noticed you wrote about Glastonbury this week as well. Um, <laughs> I found it very ironic, as many people did, that they had all manner of uh, chanting going on of refugees are welcome here, uh, but you couldn't get into Glastonbury because they had a huge fence that went all the way around the site, and unless you had a ticket for which you'd paid three hundred and forty quid, you know, you were certainly not welcome there. Well, indeed. I mean, but we, but I think they may have shown us the way forward there. If we could say to refugees, "You are welcome here if you pay our government three hundred and fifty quid a day." Yes, uh, um, that that would immediately <clears throat> enable us to uh, to build several hospitals, uh, probably a few schools as well, and maybe some houses. Uh, there, there is a there is a. Uh, a total delusion amongst the people who were at Glastonbury. I mean, I don't know. Only NAF people go to Glastonbury anymore. Yes. That's, yeah, that's... It's, the, it's the Champagne Socialists, white middle class sort of Chiswick brigade. Uh, yeah. who all, I mean, I remember when I used to work uh, at the Express, when it got taken over by the sort of the lovey crowd, um, they yeah. all just disappeared off the Glastonbury from the editor down. Yeah, no, of course they know. did. Of course they did. Uh, uh, you know, I would pay 350 quid a day never to hear Candle in the Wind again. <laughs> I would, <laughs> that lachrymose dirge. Yes. Uh, and, uh, no, the point I was making in the sun was that uh, a mate of mine, uh, uh, Roland White, the, the journalist, a uh, uh, good, good bloke, uh, pointed out that he'd been to Glastonbury in 1977. And if the Glastonbury headliners had followed the same procedure that they were this year, for example, he'd have been listening to uh, 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 Louis Armstrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Noel Coward uh, and you know you know the Joe Loss Orchestra. Yes, yeah. it's it's become a festival of 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 naffness and wokeness. Yeah, I mean uh, it might as well be tribute bands for all. I mean because it sort of is a tribute. Well, no, band. exactly. In fact, exactly. in fact, I I rather liked it when uh, when Noel Gallagher described Liam 
when he finished uh, his set at the um, at the closing of I think the Olympics. He said, "I really enjoyed that Oasis tribute band that came on at the end." Yeah. You know, yes. because yes. an awful lot of what these people so they get, you know, Paul McCartney, you know, Elton John, even the Foo Fighters. Now they're almost like sort of pantomime acts in a way. Well, no, indeed. I mean, even the Foo Fighters have got to be in their mid to late fifties, haven't they? Uh, easily, uh, easily. Yes, that's right. Yeah, no, I, I think it's pretty sad. I mean, I also think. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a longer discussion that that rock music is pretty much dead on its feet. Uh, and millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. has been for some time. Uh, and uh, it may be, it may be, Mike, uh, that we will go back to a time when there wasn't this <coughs> enormous divide between the young and the old, yeah. which was kind of artificially created and rock music was right at the, yeah. the set. Well, now it's all very much part of the establishment. Funnily enough, one of the, things the that I've, yeah. one of the things I've discovered of late and one of the more funny and kind of edgy and slightly more uh, revolutionary music at the moment is country and western music in America. I heard a song right, right. the other day by this big, I can't remember his name, uh, called Mr. Taliban, which is hilarious. Uh, about yeah, this guy no, going no, off no, to no, join the Taliban. <laughs> no, there's there's some great stuff. I mean, even back in 1975, I was I was arguing that country music and soul music were the were were far superior mm. to rock music because there was more originality. And, yeah. you know, uh, whether it was uh, the Detroit Spinners and Guy Clark on the country side of things. Yeah. And there's some great new country music at the moment in America. So, you know, uh, Sturgill Simpson, for mm. example. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, we must we must talk more about that. But stay where we are for the moment. We'll come back. We've got to talk about Putin. Uh, we've got to talk about a few other things as well. Rod Little is here. Don't forget, there's a podcast coming after this. Every uh, half an hour, every Thursday that we do with Rod Little gets put out as a separate podcast so you don't have to miss a single second of it. This is Talk TV. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. We're talking to Rod Little. Uh, the Home Office has yet to uh, put out any kind of statement, as far as we can tell, about the Rwanda ruling this morning. Uh, but they have got a tweet out on their uh, Home Office uh, Twitter page, which says a small boat's pilot has been jailed for three years for bringing 37 migrants, including vulnerable children, across the channel. Our message is clear. We will work tirelessly to bring to justice those who facilitate these illegal and dangerous journeys. 
Well, maybe you will, but I don't know what you're going to do with them because you're not going to be able to send them to Rwanda, obviously. Uh, that would be uh, rather ridiculous. But, um, I mean, one of the things that has been extraordinary uh, for uh, for this particular story, uh, Rod, is that, um, you know, the, the, winning, the winning of this uh, appeal by the, uh, the various campaign groups includes an appeal by one of the actual Home Office trade unions, you know, the PCS, yeah. I mean, who are apparently yeah. allowed to challenge their own government's policy. No, it's from, well, the civil service is, is the government's biggest enemy and has been for, for, for four or five years now. Yeah. I mean, it is absolutely uh, ill-disposed towards the Conservative government, as we've seen with these continual moanings of public school-educated mandarins whining that they've been bullied by, you know, four-foot-nine Pretty Patel uh, or, or Grand Shaps slightly raised his voice during yeah. a meeting uh, to castigate them for their ineptitude. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, it's 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 deeply depressing. Uh, it's that's, so that's oh god, that's the lawyers and the civil service we've got to sort out. I it's, mean, there's, there's not enough time in the day, really, is there? No. Let's talk we a need, bit. Of... We need Skade from the Last Kingdom, the 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 witch, to put a kind of curse on these people uh, and to squeeze their hearts. What? So they can't uh, get up in the morning. I can't get up. I, I, look, I've, I've had trouble today. I'm in great pain. My shoulder's ricked. I was in bed last night and I had a dream that I was in a cocktail bar and Andrea Ledson put her hand on my thigh. And, and in trying to jerk back like that, I pulled my shoulder out. Yeah, with I was going to say, it wasn't an erotic dream then, obviously. No, um, it was a terrifying dream. It was... <laughs> <laughs> the I've ever had. Sorry, well, sorry to share that with no, you. No, not at all. That's that's something I'll never forget. Now, um, <laughs> uh, the, the the piece that you wrote about Putin was interesting because yeah, there was a sort of bloodthirsty enthusiasm, wasn't there, uh, for this yeah. Wagner Group coup, uh, which never yeah. really was, and and the amount of um, sort of interpretation uh, and the amount of instant Russia experts that popped up yeah. over the weekend was remarkable, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I just think we've got to be a bit more sceptical about this because we do it every time. We did it with Erdogan. Everyone would say, oh, he's going to lose this election, BBC. He's going to lose. Yeah. You know, no, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> you know? uh, and the, the, the one, the, this one was particularly absurd because, A, there, there is only one person in Russia more psychotic than Putin, and that's Piroshkin. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, and the idea that we would, A, want him to do it, or B, that he was even remotely able to do mm. it, always seemed to me an absurdity. Mm. Uh, and, of course, by tea time, it was all over. Uh, and, you know, and for the last year and a half, we've been told that Putin's dead, ill. Uh, it's his stuff got cancer, got Parkinson's disease. Everyone's trying to get rid of him. Uh, the, the public hate him, the government hate him. None of it's true. Right. <laughs> None of it is true. We have to be, you know, I'm very, very pro-Ukrainian and I believe we should be involved. Uh, but we need to be very clear-eyed about this. Uh, Putin isn't going anywhere. There is no great appetite to get rid of him at the moment mm. he has the support of about 80 percent of the russian people and we have to cope with that and know that that's the position rather than deluding ourselves yes exactly right and and the other thing that people found extraordinary which i don't know why they did uh, was that when he was finally dissuaded from whatever it was he thought he was doing um that he was pretty much dissuaded from doing it because his family was threatened and that's basically yeah. the way it works isn't it of course it is yeah yeah of course it is i mean i don't know if we're going to see very much of him again I suspect um, he'll disappear uh, before the end of the year. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's that's uh, that's that's probably right. Uh, it's it's as someone tweeted uh, uh, recently, uh, you know, to Putin as advice for Putin: always keep your catering in house. Uh, <laughs> ne- ne- never go out, never go out, because of course he was he was uh, a restaurateur who yes. was brought in by Putin to cook uh, to cook Western style meals for yeah. him. Uh, but but you know, he, the man is patently a thug and patently more of a rabid nationalist than is Putin himself. Right. The the idea that this was in some way going to be beneficial for us all is is, is was ludicrous yeah. in a way. It, was. it absolutely was. Finally, uh, the great vegan um, disaster you wrote about this week as well, um, and it turns out vegan food might not be that good for you. Well, vegan food isn't very good for you, particularly not. <clears throat> I mean, just vegan a vegan diet generally causes one or two problems which you know there probably isn't time to talk about now but you know uh, particularly with the bones and the amino acids and yeah. all that kind of stuff but an awful lot of the pre, pre-packaged uh, vegan food which is sold and which is now increasingly unpopular in our in our uh, uh, supermarkets people just aren't buying it anymore uh, is ultra processed food yes. and worse in many cases than the meat equivalents uh, because they have to try and inject taste in there somehow uh, to these the globules of yeast product and kale that they used to make sausages and Where burgers did kale out. come from? I mean, kale, I never heard of kale until a few years ago. No, no, it's very okaroy, isn't it? It's a bit like, it, it always goes like this with, with food. You know, I mean, try and buy a loaf of bread today that isn't sourdough and see how far you get. <laughs> uh, and similarly, I notice a brioche is taking over from our normal burger buns. Yes. It, Although I have brioche. to confess, I quite like a brioche bun. I've, so do I, but you won't in two years' time when it's all you can buy. Ah, yeah. Um, that, that's a problem. <clears throat> no, but the, 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 in a way, it's a good news story that uh, vegan businesses are kind of shutting down right. and because there just isn't the appetite for them, both literally and metaphorically. Yeah. Well, also, uh, if you go anywhere outside of Britain, you don't really see much of it. I was in Cyprus um, just uh, <laughs> last weekend for a few days. And I have to. I don't think I've eaten as much lamb in my life. And no, by indeed. The, by the end of four or five days, I was going. That's enough lamb for the rest of the year, I think, probably. Yeah. But amazing chops, you know, slowly cooked lamb. You know, if you didn't have that, they were pork kebabs. It was. It was a sort of kebab eater's dream. Um, yes. And there was not a vegan restaurant in sight. I'm afraid. No, no. Though, if you'd taken your holiday instead in Canada, you might be disabused <laughs> the notion that it's only us doing. I've it. never been a big fan of Canada. Nor me, mate. Nor me. Uh, but but it, it, it was it was the way that corporations uh, deal with woke issues. They pile into them, uh, not understanding that only a tiny, tiny percentage of their customers mm. have any interest in them whatsoever. And that was that's true of veganism, where it's I think one point two percent of the population are vegan. You know, 1.2%. Uh, and it's true of all the other stuff they try to cram down your throat. It's true of the transgender debate. It's another one, you know, that they're, that all the supermarkets are up with, you know, their pride flags and their uh, and, and all their tweets from their social media people. Uh, it's, again, something which, which matters to a minuscule proportion of the population. Uh, and... Uh, uh, it's go woke, go broke. You know, it's that writ large. Well, I mean, an interesting uh, clip doing the rounds today from the news at 10 last night where the ITV News decided to interview a mother uh, who was a, a supposedly a customer of Thames Water and they managed to find a trans woman to interview about it. <laughs> well, of course and you're going, did. sorry? I mean, really? <laughs> 
course it is. I mean, can right. you remember? Can you imagine when you, in your days of producing at the BBC um, that you would all put that order out and you sit in the news in the news meeting? And go, yeah. Listen, we want to interview somebody who's a Thames Water customer, but it has to be a trans woman. Ah, uh, it's yes. Yeah, it, it annoys me more than I can possibly express. I do remember actually being in the BBC and and a woman from the cultural affairs or community affairs unit coming over and telling me that my program, the Today program, ought to do more stories which showed Africa in a positive light. Yes. <laughs> you know, I said, well, look, have a word with the Africans. <laughs> have a word yeah. with the Africans. Yeah. Can you and then stop, we'll report. Stop the civil war and we'll see how yeah. we go. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, Rod, good to see you, as ever. Thank you very much indeed. Rod Little, columnist, The Sun and The Sunday Times. You can find him on Sunday, of course, and also The Spectator. Loads more to do. Jonathan Gullis, MP, coming up. I'm assuming he's going to be about as hopping mad as I am about this ridiculous ruling this morning from the Court of Appeal uh, on Rwanda, basically saying that uh, we can't send anybody to Rwanda uh, because it isn't safe for them, even though it's safe for the UN, uh, it's safe for Libya, Israel, uh, Norway and Denmark. But not us. No, we can't go there. Uh, this is Talk TV. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.